Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska, today in Anchorage and Nikiski. This is a reader-driven and listener-driven conservative news project launched in 2015, and next month we celebrate our first six years. So we are at www.mustreadalaska.com, and we're about Alaska and for Alaskans, and we're keeping the mainstream media on their toes. So we have a lot of news going on today, but I'm really excited to have John Quick back on the show. John, welcome back to the show. You've been gone a long time, and I have missed you. I am back. I took a siesta, a couple of naps. I had some diet tonic water and I'm ready to go back at it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so over the past few weeks, we had a few of our mayoral candidates on the show. And then last week we had Russell Biggs. He was talking about the recall Felix Rivera. So this was all sort of Anchorage centric stuff, but you know, you're, you're there in Nikiski anchoring the news on the, on the Kenai. Tell yes. me how th- things are going on the Kenai right now. Well, on the Kenai, we are still fighting the good fight. Uh, the big uh, to-dos that's happening right now on the Kenai Peninsula is the budget. So our our uh, our fiscal budget starts June 1st. And so right now we have big budget talks for the borough. Of course, the mayor's stance for the Kenai Peninsula borough, Charlie Pierce, is no new taxes. He's not raised your mill rate uh, for the last three years and he doesn't plan on raising it this year, even with COVID and all this craziness, his plan is to stay firm in what he ran on as a simple campaign promise of, I will not raise your mill rate. And he's gonna stick to that. Um, He's also going to underfund schools to the tune of uh, five to $10 million uh, based off of the drop in sales tax. That's how uh, schools are funded here on the borough's sales tax. So it's going to be interesting. We're getting a new superintendent who I think is going to be uh, uh, well-suited for the district. I think that we're fine that uh, if you live on the Kenai Peninsula Borough, this new superintendent, Clayton, is going to want to work with the mayor, which is, I think, the stance you need to take. Even if you disagree with the mayor, you're going to want to work with him. And I think uh, they've already made some positive headway, and that's going to be exciting for the peninsula and for kids and teachers that, that live here. So. Awesome. Well, actually, I was just really wondering about the weather, but thanks for talking about the budget. Like, yeah, that's good stuff. Listen, we've got some breaking news today, and I, I really want to get to that. And uh, I think that at least listeners really want to hear about this new uh, launch for Senate by Kelly Jabaka. She has she announced this morning, man, she was on Fox News at 615 this morning, and she was talking about um, the, her race for the U.S. Senate against Senator Lisa Murkowski. Both of them are Republicans. And remember that uh, last earlier this month, the Alaska Republican Party basically asked Senator Murkowski to leave the party. I mean, they were really firm. They said, we're done. We don't want you to run as a Republican anymore. And so three weeks later, uh, Kelly Chewbacca announced her run for Senate and her campaign is on fire. I mean, she's got a campaign website. It's kelly4ak.com. 
and uh, it's a, it, there's a glorious uh, video there. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but there's a really, really interesting video where she talks about her beliefs, her values, her upbringing, the fact that her parents came to Alaska in the 70s. They were, they just had nothing. They were just dirt poor. They were so poor. They were living out in, um, in, uh, in Russian, uh, a Russian Jack, I think is where it was in a tent while they tried to get this, themselves established. They really got a great story. So John, let's talk a little bit about the rollout. I mean, what did you notice about it? Well, I can say, I can tell you for one thing that I, I know Kelly, I know Kelly's family. Uh, we go to the same church here in Nikiski. Okay, and, didn't know that. And her 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 parents are awesome. Her, her parents are great down to earth people. Uh, they're very involved in local politics and, and they, uh, volunteer right and left, and they're just good people. And so I think that uh, not only does Kelly have that going for a great family, she is a powerhouse. I mean, she comes to the state of Alaska. Um, uh, you know, she's the administrator for the, or she's the commissioner for the Department of Administration, and really did Alaska a favor, I think, in that regard, because she, she, her previous job was she was the chief data officer for the inspector general for the U.S. Post Service. I mean, that's a huge job. I mean, sure. that is a ginormous job. This is a lady who is making decisions based off of facts, not feelings. And so I saw her rollout of her announcement of just announcing that she was going to run for U.S. Senate. And it was amazing. I mean, it was calculated. It was uh, had all the bells and whistles. You had Fox News doing a story. Then you had Forbes doing a story, and then you had Must Read Alaska doing a story. Unfortunately, our website went down due to server <laughs> errors. Um, but the 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 rollout that she had, she had a phenomenal video uh, that was well produced that kind of takes you on a journey of her life up until this point. And, and to kind of crescendo this, she sends in the most epic resignation letter. I have ever seen in my entire life. It's okay. literally a thesis okay. statement on all of the most ninja warrior stuff that she's done uh, with cost savings in the state. It is glorious. It would make any other person's resignation letter look like a pile of bones, and it's pretty epic. Well, it was a kind of a long letter and there was a lot of detail in it and a lot of numbers. And you know, typically see that in a resignation letter is usually thank you for allowing me to serve and so forth. But she went on and she said, Governor Dunleavy, we've done a lot of great things together. We've, you know, here's what we've done. And she, she sort of listed all the accomplishments. And what's really interesting about the Department of Administration, that's kind of the department of everything else. And it's, uh, it's kind of hard to explain what they do. They they keep the state running. So fishing game can be running. So public safety can be running. So all these other things have, have customers outside the state, but the department administration is kind of mainly inside the state, but they also have things like the public defender's office. So if you don't have a place to put something, you put it in department administration. It's a really mishmash thing, but that's what we have. And she came back to the state to run it. Well, she was uh, born and raised here and she was raised in Anchorage, although I think she was She's born in Anchorage and they lived in Wasilla for a little while. She was raised in Anchorage and went to school here. And then she went off to Texas A&M and got her degree. I don't know what she got it in, but then she went off to Harvard and got her, I know what that is. It's a law degree. And when she got that law degree, they, they poached her in Washington, D.C. to go and work for these federal agencies as a watchdog. So to do things like 
keep fraud and waste out of government. And she, she did a lot of stuff with data analytics. And this is a woman who's got a brain like a computer. Data analytics is where you, I guess, look at things and you look for trends and you say, okay, in Medicaid fraud, every time we see these particular sets of numbers, you know, 80% of the time, that means there's fraud there. So that's where we look for fraud because that's where the numbers tell us fraud is most likely to exist. And I guess she's done a lot of that kind of thing where she's using data to, to go and look for fraud in the right places rather than just needle in a haystack. So she's a kind of a fascinating career, but then she got wooed back to Alaska because she wanted to come back. She's got five kids and she and her husband, Nikki, wanted to raise their kids here in Alaska in her home. And I guess her, her folks being living down there on the Kenai gives her strong Kenai credibility there too, right? Oh yeah, we uh, we're excited that she's doing this. The folks that live here on the Kenai, and you know, she's going to get nothing but support from folks down here. She's going to have some very strong conservative support. And I think one thing that I've kind of looked from afar as, as she's led the Department of Administration is that you know, oftentimes with conservative candidates get into the or conservative folks get into those types of positions they're maybe loved by the people but not really loved by the staff because their job as conservatives to go in there and cut and slash the staff and and if you if folks have paid attention the last nine months she's actually highlighted her staff she's she's made it intentional to seek out directors in her departments and to give them a platform on her uh, the on the Facebook page that the Department of Administration has and to just give them 20 minutes and she talks about how amazing these people are. And so I think that that's a sign of a good a good leader. And that shows that she not only cares that to accomplish what the governor set out to do, but she also cares about the people that are involved in accomplishing these things. So um, I think she does have a real good shot of making a uh, potential victory for true conservatives here in Alaska. So this, uh, you know, people are interested in this. They can go to kelly4ak.com and that's kelly, K-E-L-L-Y-F-O-R-A-K.com. And our tech guy just sent us a, a, a message. I just want you to know, he says that he's able to get on our website now. So things are improving, by the way, for the crash website situation, which is sort of unfortunate. A little background information about what's going on in Mustard, Alaska. Every once in a while, we bump up against the capacity of our servers, and we have to kind of graduate to a new server, do something else. But anyway, today with the website being down, we've got one eye on the website and the other eye on um, our podcast here. But we want to talk about uh, you know how how this person going into federal service, being a watchdog, understanding a little bit how the federal government works, but never being part of the inner workings of it because she was in the watchdog status. So she was kind of outside. And then you have Markowski, who is the old guard of Alaska politics. And obviously a former representative, she came into the Senate when her dad, uh, who is Senator Frank Markowski, he'd been a Senator for many years, and then he ran for governor and won. And he named her into that position to fill out his seat. Then she ran for it in 2004 and she won. And she uh, ran in 2010 and again in uh, 2016, winning every time, but never by, never by a clear majority. The most she got was in 2004 when she won with 48.6%. And then in 2010, you'll remember that she was actually beat by Joe Miller. And then she went to the general election as a write-in and she only won 39.7%, so 40%. Then in 2016, all was forgiven. People said, well, okay, maybe she's not so bad. And 
she she won with 44 percent in 2016 but never has reached 48 and 49 i mean her, her numbers are not real real good and um so i think that they see her as her, her team sees her as possibly vulnerable you think that do you think that murkowski is vulnerable here oh big time i think that if you know I think that they're probably shaking in their boots. You know, they sent their Murkowski's former chief of staff up to Alaska. What was it? Five months ago or something like that to start uh, probably making a base here for what their campaign is going to look like. And I don't think that they thought that they were going to have a candidate like Kelly Chewbacca because Kelly Chewbacca, if she goes toe to toe with Murkowski in a debate, she's going to be able to handle her own. And there's not too many people. I mean, like Lisa Murkowski or not, she knows her stuff. She's very sharp. She she's very, she's very, very smart. She's been able to figure out how to play both parties. And, and maybe, maybe people are upset on Facebook, but she gets elected every six years. There you go. And so I mean, she go. has figured out how to do it. And so I think that, that their campaign and their party and, and her specifically, Senator Murkowski are probably shaking their boots thinking, oh crap, this is a real candidate. <laughs> That is, I'm going to have to go against. It's, you know, God bless Joe Miller. You know, he he did beat her in the in the uh, primary, uh, but Lisa outsmarted him in the in the general. And She's a force to contend with. There's no question. Yep. And Kelly will. Kelly walks into the room. And, you know, she's often the smartest person in that room. And, and Lisa Murkowski is going to face somebody who is actually a challenging opponent for the first time, I think. That's a really good point. And so what's another interesting aspect of this is that uh, the members of the Alaska Republican Party, they're, they've been split on Lisa. She's, she's kind of the old guard, like I said, and a lot of people just, they know her and they know her family and a well-regarded family and, and well-loved family. But they've been feeling very, very burned this past few years where she's done things like um, really come up against the, the president Trump in, in a very aggressive way and, and saying she didn't like him, saying she didn't, uh, you know, obviously indicating she didn't want to work with him, then voting to actually convict him when he was already out of office. He was gone and she still voted to convict him. And that actually really made a lot of people mad. So that was kind of a, a, a moment for them. And at the Republican Party meeting earlier this month, of course, 77% of the officers of the party said, no, we're done. We're going to censure her. We don't want her to run as a Republican. We don't want her to identify as a Republican. We're going to run a, a person against her, find somebody to run against her. And we are going to withhold all support from her. So she has been essentially excommunicated from the Alaska Republican Party. Uh, like it or not. Now, she herself said a few weeks ago that she might have to reevaluate her relationship with the Republican Party. That's kind of where she's at in her journey as well. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's great. I'm just saying that, yeah, she's got a really difficult relationship. Now, I remember in 2016 when she ran, the Republicans and her had a good conversation and they came to an understanding and they didn't run somebody against her. Now, I think Joe Miller might have run as a libertarian or something, but the Republicans stuck with her. And this time they said, no, we've had enough. And so I think the thirst is there amongst conservatives in Alaska for somebody who they feel that they can count on. 
And I think, unfortunately, Lisa has a little bit of a reputation for being a hostage taker because she's always sort of the last vote that everybody wonders which way she'll go. They can never really count on her. And so that is a, a reputation she has, not just here, but around the country. And the polling pretty much supports what I say. I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like her, I do like her, but the polling is not favorable to her. You know, I wanted to mention something, but jump in here if you have another thought on that. Well, I was just going to say that um, there is a couple of clear distinctions between uh, Senator Murkowski and uh, Kelly. One being Kelly is devoutly pro-life. She is unapologetically pro-life. And that's one of her points on her website is she is pro-life, pro-Second Amendment. And I think that that distinguishes her right out the gate from uh, Senator Murkowski, who's kind of been waffly and sided with Planned Parenthood sometimes and done the Obamacare thing. And, you know, people really don't see her as a pro-life person. And I think that's a very important issue for um, conservatives in Alaska is pro-life. And I think I also look at just <clears throat> kind of the nuts and bolts of practical things, because if I'm somebody, the average Joe sitting in Alaska, I look at our uh, I look at the U.S. and our, our our Senate and our House and our and our Joe Biden and the White House, and it's a mess. Nobody can balance a budget. People are spending money right and left. And I look at, you know, some of the things that are in Kelly Chewbacca's resignation letter. I just want to say some of these so that people can hear them. And you know, we haven't verified any of this, but it's in her letter. And these are these are these are what she said are facts that she has projected. 189 to 321 million dollars in future savings. Now, it, it's a bold statement, right? But it's it's a it is a statement. She's also projected, you know, 23 million dollars in one-time saving, seven million dollars in financial findings. This is somebody who's literally went into the data and found areas that you could either cut costs or save money or alleviate fat. And I think that's what you were we're the average conservative in Alaska is dying for somebody to do that. They could care less about the insider who knows everybody and knows all the consultants and knows all the, you know, the, the C street folks, they just want somebody to go in there and get the job done. And I think that's where Lee, that's where, sorry, that's where Kelly's going to have an edge over Lisa is somebody that has a proven record to go in there and get the job done and, and not care too much about, uh, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. Well, we're going to have to talk a little bit about that, but because it's not going to be that easy for her to just run on her record, because we've also got not only, you know, obviously Lisa Markowski is a war horse as, a, yep. as a, an opponent for her because she's done it enough times and she's proven the first person since Strom Thurmond to be able to run a write-in campaign successfully. And she, she's done an amazing job getting herself elected uh, after being appointed. And that was in a, in a pretty unpopular appointment. The, the Alaskans were not wild about um, us having a sort of a nepotism method for putting somebody in the Senate. But there's another thing, which is this ballot measure too. And that is a big wild card for Alaska. So that creates this very strange new voting system. So there's no more semi-close primary. There's no more Republican primary where you can kind of keep the Democrats from, from rigging your Republican ticket. 
and, and putting in a weak Republican uh, for the general. It's just a wide open primary now. Everybody on the ballot, and there's going to be a lot of people on the ballot. The other thing is, is that when you get to the general election, then you have this ranked choice voting. So if you don't, if your first choice is somebody, say, say Lisa's not your first choice, say Joe Blow's your first choice, then you say, who's your second choice? Who's your third choice? Who's your fourth choice? So you're going to be ranking people on your general election ballot. And that is very, very tricky. Uh, I think that is a, a calculation that maybe the people who designed that are not quite seeing how that could play out because I think the Democrats are going to put in a candidate this time because they do see the polling on Lisa Murkowski and it is not good. It's so unfavorable for her. I saw some early, earlier polling this year. It was about 80% have a, uh, of Alaskan voters have a, uh, these were conservative voters, have a poor opinion of her. So I think that the Democrats know they have a shot and that they may actually run a candidate. So that will be a really interesting thing to see. Now, John, while we're talking, I just want to mention to you, the website is now back up. So, nice. I just checked it to myself. Yeah. So you might want to, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the Trump campaign team. You can put a note up on Facebook for us while I quack about this, because that would be a really big help. So um, I wanted to talk about her, her uh, Kelly's campaign team's fascinating. This I didn't see coming, right? So who does she have for her kind of lead campaign group? It's this National Political Strategies Group. Guess who that is? That's Trump's campaign team. I'm talking about former Trump campaign manager, Bill Stepien. That's the lead of her campaign team. And Justin Clark, who was the deputy campaign manager for Donald Trump. And, and how about Nick Trainer, who is the battleground, battleground states director for Donald Trump? And how about like Tim Murdoch, who was the communications director for his reelection effort in 2020? These are the people who are behind the Kelly Chewbacca campaign. This is really interesting. Now that's the national general consultancy. At, on the state level, it gets even more interesting. So the political consultants for her statewide effort is Marianne Pruitt of PS Strategies. And that is the person who last time ran the ground game for Lisa Murkowski. And now she's coming over and working for Kelly Chewbacca. I mean, it's a huge shift. So she's got you know, so Kelly's been able to convince Marianne Pruitt that she is the right candidate to beat Lisa Murkowski. And she's got Marianne Pruitt and she's got the entire Trump campaign team working at the national level to raise the money. Because like, what do you have to do? You have to raise money, right? Yep. Under million dollar campaign. That's what I've heard, you know, through the grapevine between the two party parties that are going to battle each other out is it's going to be one of the most expensive campaigns when you total total it all up, and it's going to be nuts. If you thought that uh, the last round was crazy, this is going to be times ten. And so, it, so Trump says he's Trump said he said all, you know, for a couple months now that he's going to work against Murkowski. He said, I don't know where anybody else is going to be in 2020, but I'm going to be in Alaska. I'm going to be working to replace Lisa Murkowski. And so now you can see how that's rolling out. He's got his close team working on Kelly Chewbacca's campaign, although he has not actually endorsed her yet. And you know, it's not been one day. So he's probably going to wait and see, you know, how, how does she do the rollout? Does she fall on her face? Does she do well? I mean, she's mm -hmm. got to go on Fox and Friends and she's got to do the, 
all the TV shows, the radio shows. I know she's like, seems to be working through those. If she does well, she's going to get that Trump endorsement. Yeah. And then that's a game changer because she already has what looks like is the most rock star team that's ever broached Alaska before. So, or, you know, probably one of the best teams in the, of any race, uh, that election season for any state. And, uh, it appears interesting to see what happens. You know, the Democrats on October 24th, 2020, on their official page on the Alaska Democrat page said this about Lisa. They said, Lisa Murkowski holds her seat only because she convinced Democrats to write in her name in an act of good faith. Since then, we've been begging for crumbs and more often than not getting nothing. And you see it there, all the people that had this conspiracy that she had some backroom deal with the Democrats, literally the Democrats on their own page say that the only reason that she holds her seat is that Lisa Murkowski convinced Democrats to write in her name in an act of good yeah. faith. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I do think they'll, they'll have a candidate and I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, that Murkowski will also have people like Mitch McConnell and the entire Republican establishment behind her because she's got lots and lots of colleagues. I mean, John Barrazzo, all these people will come behind her and support her because those are her colleagues. And even on the radio yesterday, uh, Dan, I was on, it was on the ABC Sunday News, Dan Sullivan said that he was going to support her. And I'm talking about Lisa, which was interesting because the next day Kelly announced, I thought, oh, that's awkward. And, and so the other thing that could happen here, though, is, which is fascinating, because the Republicans, if they want, they could get together as the party and then they could actually vote and nominate through a nominated convention method their own candidate for the Senate seat. And then you would have Dan Sullivan actually not supporting the candidate that the party supports. So that's a little bit awkward. Though all those things will probably get worked out, but let me tell you, that's 18 months away. I mean, there's a long, long ways away before this, this vote finishes. But I'll say this, she had a heck of a rollout today, and I expect to see a lot more of it this week. And, and I think people should take a look at it because this is what a professional campaign rollout looks like. This is not um, sort of something that's done from the kitchen table. This is something that is very professionally done and these are people who have contacts with major media all over the country. And I think that it's gonna be interesting to watch. And in the next few days, we'll see, and we will know because the, this is the end of, this, of the fundraising quarter. All of the people who are interested to know whether or not she's gonna be successful are going to be looking to see if she can raise money in three days, how much she raises in those first three days. That's gonna be really telling. And that will know on April 15th, how much she raised. And that'll tell the world whether or not she's viable. But I, I'll be fascinated to watch. I know you will be too. That'll be pretty interesting. And uh, uh, I just I just checked the website too, and the website is up and running. So our website, which is nice. The so, mostreadalaska.com. Yeah, yeah. go, go, go there and donate, because let me tell you, we need to get some more technology help on our website. And we, we got to stop trying to put this thing together with bailing wire. We're going to have to get some real help here. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting for folks that are listening you know, the, our competition uh, in Alaska is our news agencies that have, you know, 10, 15 staff deep, and they have big buildings and big budgets and compared to our budget. And, you know, we exist solely based off of 
folks's generosity to donate to our, you know, must read Alaska. So um, our problems with the website are literally we have too much traffic. It's a good problem to have, right? We have way too much traffic. And so um, we will be doing upgrades and making corrections. Um, but if you do feel led, this this news organization exists to serve you and exists because of you. So uh, we, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars, we appreciate every single don every single donation. Absolutely, and we're going to be. Uh, I know we're going to be budgeting that in the next few weeks, is to try to move to a new host, get a, our own private server in some sort of salt cave in Nevada or or the North Slope or something, and try to get our site a little bit better uh, protected from all the all the little attacks that it's under all the time. Well, listen, um, we've had a great show today. I'm really excited about what's going to happen this week. And Scott, when you when you do your show on Wednesday, I'm sure there's going to be a lot for you to talk about with this uh, Kelly Chewbacca rollout, this campaign. There's also, of course, we've got the mayor's race. And here we are on March 29th and March 30th tomorrow. And then everybody's ballots for the Anchorage mayor's race has to be in by um, the, the 6th of April. So make sure you get your ballot in because um, we don't wanna see Anchorage keep going down the spiral. We'd like to see it start climbing back up and get itself dusted off and sitting, sitting pretty again, like it was you know, 10 years ago. Anchorage is a pretty nice place right now. It's really looking bad and uh, it's all on us people. Why don't we get out and vote? So before we go, uh, just sign up for the Must Read Alaska newsletter and you know you'll get tons of content there and you get stuff that you don't get on the web. And we have all kinds of little interesting news there that I don't know, make a big story out of it, but insiders like to get. We also have Club MRAC and that is our daily bulletin that we, we put out from the halls of Capitol. We're really watching the budget, we're watching the finance committee. And that's a place where I am really dedicated to letting legislators have their voices. And I'm trying to keep it very nonpartisan. Every once in a while, you'll see a little of this Suzanne Downing snark in there, but really, really try to, to tone that down and just give people the facts of what's going on with the uh, legislature. So sign up at mustreadalaska.com. You'll see a little box there to sign up for the newsletter and tune in for the midweek show because uh, Scott Levesque does a fantastic job. He is a marvelous show host. And um, he, you know, I don't know what he's going to talk about this week, but I guarantee you it's going to be interesting because we've got a lot more news coming up. And anyway, donate button at mustreadalaska.com. Keep us independent and thoughtful against that big blue wave of liberal activist media. Till next week, John been good to see you again and have you on the show. I really missed you. We're signing off from McKiskey and Anchorage and for everybody else somewhere in Alaska.